less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor interview. Martin, uh, do jeans count as business attire? Well, I think that depends on your mother and father, you know, <laughs> what jeans you have. Okay. You know, if you get the right jeans, I'm blue sure jeans, that helps. Your blue jeans. Well, I would say yes, but yes. I might find out otherwise. Okay. I think everything has an appropriate place, and the world has changed, and I'm thankful that you, I can wear jeans, but I do wear a blue blazer on top of it. We, I have to tell you a quick story. Okay. I was in Texas over the weekend. Uh, speaking at a company retreat for a veterinary supply company. So uh, there were probably 60, 70 people there. Who wants to retreat and talk to you or listen to you There talk? you go. The boss made them. <laughs> is, that etiquette, is that good etiquette, that kind of smart aleck? Well, anyway, so I walk in there, and I've got on a white button-down cotton shirt and a blue blazer, and I'm looking at a sea of cowboy hats. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I told him I'd been watching a YouTube video about uh, how to be a better speaker and that the guy had said if the audience has more than 50% ball caps and cowboy hats you put on a white cotton shirt and a blue blazer and you'll fit right in <laughs> <laughs> now that was like knowing your audience uh, yeah, of course if I'd have gone in there wearing a cowboy hat that would have been a little they'd have seen right through that well but blue it can't, jeans, it can't yes. be any worse than showing up in athletic shorts and a company t-shirt Right. And a black hat. Nobody would ever do that. On the day that you're recording a business etiquette podcast. Yeah, but nobody would ever. Oh, wait. You did do that. I did that. Yeah, yeah. that's me. Okay. Uh, hey, I want to welcome Hillary onto our podcast. Hillary, it's great to have, great to have you. you on. Thanks for being here. Um, Martin, how did you find uh, Hillary? Uh, through Eric Daffer, uh, who was a guest on our podcast early on. Yeah, that's episode six, if everyone wants to check that out. Episode six? Uh -huh. Yeah. And anyway, we were talking about uh, undiscussed subjects, and uh, one of them was etiquette. Mm -hmm. And when he brought that up, I thought, ooh, we have to have Hillary on. So yeah. I've given away what this is about, right? No, yeah. It, they, they clicked on the title that was probably had something around etiquette in it, so they're, right. they're listening for sure. Hillary, uh, tell us a little about where you're from. Well, I grew up in Oklahoma. Yeah. I've been a banker for 43 years, and um, probably 15, 18 years ago, I noticed that there was not much um, etiquette <laughs> anymore in business and um, decided that I would um, go to school and learn how to do this. Where'd you well, go to school for that? I went to Washington, D.C., to the Protocol oh. School of Washington. Goodness, wow. that's, and how long did that take? It was about a 10-day program. Okay. I first graduated with corporate etiquette mm -hmm. and international protocol. And what was really great about that class is I had classmates from all over the world. So the crown prince, the head of the crown prince's detail was in my class. Yeah. I had a Canadian Mountie. I had people from all over really? the world in the international protocol wow. class. And I enjoyed that so much, I went back and then got a U.S. protocol certification. So okay. most of the people that have that 
work for the military, for an Air Force base uh, or something. Gotcha. I'm really the only business kind person. of private yeah. consultant in the state that I know of. So. Wow, that's so fascinating. You know, the only times that I've ever heard of business etiquette, or it was really college, and we had, it could have been you, maybe you come and spoke, I don't know, but we had a speaker come. Have. And um, it was good, but it was only an hour, and you're in a visit, you know college class that no one's really paying attention. Uh, but the only thing, and then I also took another course. There's a, a book that we read in the course that was around business etiquette, and it was um, these letters to a lady about how to handle business situations. And it was interesting, but it never really stuck that well. The only thing that really stuck with me is that one hour course that we had. The We were talking about interviews because we were in college, we we're looking to maybe do internship interviews or whatever it is. And they talked about if they take you to a bar and they hand you a beer, that you take the beer, <laughs> but you don't drink it. And you try to follow everybody else's, like you try to, is the interviewer drinking? Are you of age? Like all these different things. And I, I just thought it was the most like elephant in the room situation, like of awkwardness of why are, why are we in this position? Just do a regular interview. But anyways, that's my business etiquette story. So you haven't had a beer? You haven't drank? I still, I'm worried that thing? people are worried about my etiquette. I still haven't had a beer to, to this day. <laughs> I just take it and pop the top and I just walk around. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's just, uh, it was an interesting moment in college. But do you, so you teach courses as well? Yes, yes. At OU or where do you usually I do I have them? taught at OU several times. So it was OSU. probably you. Maybe. Did you, is this the advice that you gave? Would you, would well, you tell somebody not to drink a beer? <laughs> well, I would tell you that that happened to me my very first oh. lending job. Well, really, I was going into a training program. I just graduated from college and I was at a huge bank downtown and the HR director of the bank took me to lunch my first day and someone sent over two glasses of wine. Oh. And she looked at me and said, do not touch that, which I wouldn't have anyway, but I was 23 and I didn't know, and I, I didn't know if she was testing me or if someone else was, I don't, we don't know why they came to the table, but huh. so I learned, definitely learned well, that. That's I, so I never thought about any of that. You have a etiquette story, um, kind of reverse though, where you went to <laughs> West Texas, was it? And you, the guys that you were meeting with, you were trying to sell them something, and they were drinking beer, and you oh. don't drink. What was that? Well, story? I don't know if that's etiquette. It's that's et just I think it's close, etiquette. close to getting killed. Uh, <laughs> and two companies ago, we built big rock grinding machines, 700 horsepower, and we were in a mine in West Texas with our dealer. And our dealer in the area, I was there as the factory guy, and our dealer he was a great big old Texas boy with big hands and kind of loud and I, I really liked him but he's and the miners the guys from the mines were all big old boys and so after we did our demonstration we went back to the hotel and they were all sitting around drinking and I don't want to disappoint our audience but I don't drink and uh, I didn't drink at that time either so I'm sitting at the table with these guys and and they all order drinks and I said oh, you know nothing for me and they looked at me you know <laughs> I said I said, hang on just a second. I went up to the bar and I said, do you guys have iced tea? I said, no, we don't have any iced tea. And I said, well, 
give me club soda in a glass and just put a little shot of, shot of Coke in there so it discolored it. And I said, every time I order a whiskey, you know, uh, whatever, whatever whiskey it was. Coke or whatever. Yeah, bring me that. And so that's what they did. Well, nobody was the wiser. They're getting louder and all this. And, and I'm sitting over there and I promise you, if they'd have known I was doing that, they would have killed me. <laughs> uh, but I, I got another one. I, I mean, I, so, well, let's talk about that real quick. Okay. I, is that etiquette, you think, or no? Because I think what it is is just paying respect to the people that you're with and the audience, essentially, as we were talking about your genes earlier, just, like, knowing your audience and, you know, being respectful and not making them feel weird about being around you. Obviously, they probably put them in a bad etiquette situation where they're drinking a bunch at a business meeting. So. Etiquette wasn't on these guys' minds, <laughs> but protocol was. Protocol. The way they run their lives. And I, I was going, ooh. Well, your first goal in etiquette is to know what the rules are mm. so that you can be comfortable in a situation, but you also want others to be comfortable with you. I think what you did was perfect because you weren't drawing attention to yourself or being distracting from the other people by not doing what they do. So you just found a way to fit in, but still stay with what your values are. Well, my concern with it was that when a bunch of guys are drinking and talking and dealing, you know, trying to buy a machine and stuff, and you're over there not drinking, my concern was that, and why I say they would have killed me is they find out that I was kind of lying to them (laughs) because I didn't tell them what I obviously didn't tell him. But anyway, I made it through the night. Man. I, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, I think, I think that's important to recognize with etiquette that what you mentioned is he, he held to his values, but he also respected them in a way. It was a little bit of lying, Martin. I, it was kind of lying. It was but, deceitful. I didn't tell him. But at the same time, you did it with a good intention, I think, okay. of like just wanting to fit in and be a part of the group and not make someone feel uncomfortable. So... I guess that goes to a good question. What is etiquette? Why, 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 should, why does etiquette matter? Well, it's really a set of rules or guidelines for living. And when you think about, we, sometimes when you hear the word, you think, oh, it's about table manners and, mm-hmm. and all that. It really goes beyond that when you think, do you all play golf? Yeah. What Do you want to play golf with someone that doesn't know the rules that just went out and bought a set of golf clubs and so it's think about it that way or driving a car we have a set of rules you turn on your blinker you let people know what your intentions are right so it's it's really kind of everywhere in in all of our lives and whether it's holding the elevator door open for someone Mm -hmm going through a door to, and making sure some if someone's behind you that you've held the door for them yeah. to table manners to, I mean, how about a dog? You've, if you've got a dog and the dog's on a leash, we know that there are rules with that. So yeah. it's really just rules for living. And I think it's so, I think etiquette changes by culture, right? Oh, yes. And I think that's part of the difficulty. I mean, even, I know so many friends that would never want to they never want to play golf because they're scared of the etiquette Mm because they don't it it seems like there's these imaginary rules that they're gonna step over the bounds and it's they're gonna look like an idiot because they don't know the rules um 
and I think there's in some ways that it can feel like a barrier, even to probably some listeners, where they don't want to go and meet with the banker because they feel like they're gonna, you know, do something wrong or not look yeah. the part. Well, and what is so simple about this is there aren't that many rules. Mm. I probably know all of them, but <laughs> you could do ten, maybe, that no one would ever know that you didn't know what I know. Yeah just some basic things but the whole goal is to know what they are and know when to use them and it's not about being perfect it's about not distracting people being comfortable making other people comfortable and and it really all comes down to trust Mm -hmm. also so when you think about the handshake and the knife blade and those things all have to do or um how about when you toast at a wedding or mm. those things all have to do with trust and that's why this fits so well with my job yeah as an addition to my job because that's what i want my customers to feel is that they can trust me with my advice and the bank also wants to trust me <laughs> to send me out to a client that i know how to behave yeah and you never really know what all that what that client knows. Everyone knows I'm a banker. Not everyone knows I know this, and so I'm constantly judging people. Yeah, they have no idea that that this is what I do in my spare time. Well, what might you say to uh, people who think that etiquette is is old fashioned and it doesn't apply anymore? It's dead. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody really exactly say that to me, but. Rules on. I open the door for anybody when I when we meet at a door. I just do it. I'm never going to change the way I was raised. But people have actually said, "Well, I don't need you to, not to me, but yeah, to open my door." You know, you think I'm weak because I'm old. no. I'm just trying to be polite. But I think there are people who think that etiquette is old fashioned and it doesn't apply anymore. What would you say to that? Well, I think that's probably not true because we've been doing some of the things handshaking and and table manners for thousands of years and things date some of these rules date back to ancient egypt rome Mm. france where king louis the 14th is the one that really created the word etiquette oh really we have george washington's book of rules and civility and decent behavior hmm. that he wrote when he was 14 years old. Oh, really? So I had no idea. It's it's a wonderful book, and although the wording in it isn't how we would say it now because that would be old-fashioned, it still says some of the same things. So most of the things that we do have not changed ever. When etiquette rules started changing was when we brought on technology and social media and nothing really ever changed until then and now that we have had the pandemic we now have a third wave Mm -hmm. of new etiquette rules yeah zoom etiquette's like a real thing oh Um, and I probably even messed that up myself but I think I know some basic things Uh, is there a book on zoom etiquette new books are coming out all the time really and what I think one of my biggest pet peeves about it was 
people that didn't really pay attention to their background mm. and the lighting. Yeah. And they would be on NBC News in the morning and as an expert in something and they're in their kitchen and I'm looking at their plates right. and dishes yeah. behind them and the lighting's bad and and so yeah. I think people really weren't thinking about that. And my very favorite is the Folgers coffee commercials. Okay. where you, the man doesn't realize oh, that he that. has his yeah, screen pointed down. And so I think people weren't really thinking about that they needed to dress in a Zoom video meeting exactly like they would at work. Yeah. And I've been in board meetings on Zoom where the staff is working from home, not wearing makeup, yeah. have a yoga bun, and... Yeah. I've got my work clothes on and I'm working right. from home at that time. So I think there were a lot of um, maybe faux pas in, yeah. in some of that. Also, I think people didn't know where the mute button was and everyone <laughs> had to yell, you're on mute. And so we just weren't used to all that. I'd never worked from home. Yeah. So it, you know, it created a lot of... Um, of inconveniences for people and mm -hmm. dogs are barking in the backyard kids are photobombing and yeah. uh, and so it was it was really hard but we also had to be really creative mm -hmm. so yeah for sure I think one of the things um, about zoom that has, has changed a, a lot of things is just how people interact with each other um, I know for myself one thing that I hate about Zoom calls is when someone talks the entire time. Um, it's just not how it would happen in this situation. There would be mm -hmm. a balance. Um, I also hate how much interruption there is with bad connections and like people cutting each other off but not meeting to. And mm -hmm. I think that those things off. I also, I think there's a Zoom etiquette around, I, I have done this before, usually on an internal meeting, um, and I probably get away with it only because I'm the boss. but. Uh, joining a Zoom meeting on the road um, while driving and even if my video is off or the video is off I just think a phone call that's fine I think people are in traffic and take phone calls all the time but if it was a scheduled Zoom it, it's okay to join from your phone but you need to be seated at a desk mm -hmm. of some sort or something like okay. that and I think that's an etiquette that just is I don't know that anybody I think that's the interesting thing about etiquette no one's ever told me that, but it's just something that I feel convicted of. Mm -hmm. Of where you've know, learned the rules somewhere yeah, along the way. Somewhere those rules came, and I think that's how a lot of these rules came about to be. Is not necessarily someone's like, all right, we're going to dress like this, and we're going to say this whenever this happens, and whatever. I think it's just how it naturally came about. It's a lot of it is common sense, right? Right. Really, and, where you get down to the rules is more table manners and yeah. where silverware goes and maybe in on the protocol side when you're introducing people yeah that's where really more the rules are the rest of this is more manners yeah that well are manners a subset of etiquette mm -hmm. i mean just yes. for yeah i think what's interesting is that um we think of etiquette in formal terms but i think there's etiquette in non-formal terms as well just even like smile whenever you see someone you know mm -hmm. it's not that's not a formal thing but you know if you're walking through the office and you never look at someone and smile that's actually going to have a huge um, reflection of your values and your company culture. And I think that etiquette is almost a way of displaying that the values that you have as a company and as a business person. But 
it also will shape the company culture that you have. If it's part of your etiquette that on Monday mornings, you make sure you say hi to every single person in the office and ask how their weekend was, I think that's etiquette. But it's also, you know, shows what your values are as a company. Uh, and so I think that's an interesting way to think of it for people. It's almost like in the church, um, you know, there's, there's certain things. I grew up Catholic. I'm not Catholic now, but there are so many rituals and like, you know, practices that you do and kneeling and standing and saying this line and whatever it is. And although the, they may seem ritualistic in a sense, um, there's actually a lot of meaning behind all of it. Mm-hmm. And they are there for a specific reason. And they they actually help you to see a lot of uh, a different perspective that you would have if you didn't do those rituals. And so I think if you take on that etiquette, uh, it'll actually shape how you act in other ways in your company. And I'm you know, going on a rant now, but maybe rephrasing it just a little bit. But I envision because I've actually seen it that people say, "I don't really care about all that. Mm-hmm. I am who I am, and you mm-hmm. can take it or leave it," uh, which is your right. What would be the what's the benefit of understanding etiquette? And we're t- kind of talking in a business setting here. You know, uh, we're, we've got contractors. I'm always referring to a contractor driving around in a truck listening to this. Uh, contractors, every kind of people. But what's the benefit um, of taking the time to learn, acknowledge, and practice good etiquette? Well, you and I talked about this briefly, is we're all in sales, right. no matter what you think, whether it's at work or at home. and. I want that small amount of time I have with a client that I'd like to leave, say, Bank of America to come to my bank, because we're all sort of a commodity. I want to spend that time focused on getting that business rather than what fork do I use and am I distracting this person or am I distracting this person or... I just want everything to be focused on on that. And when you know what those rules are, you can spend your whole attention with Mm -hmm. that person. And people do business with people they enjoy being around, and they do business with people that they like, which I love this little red book of selling that's Jeffrey Gittimer that I've loved for, for years. And one of the first things that I say in my class is raise your hand if you're in sales. And I might have 60 people and three people raise their hands and they are lawyers and not work for nonprofits. <laughs> don't think and, of themselves. And, and, and they don't think about that, that they think sales is I'm actually out asking people to buy something and they don't realize that my, with how do you decide to go to bank first where I work or Bank of America? How it's and it's because of probably the person that you're dealing with and so in in if you're negotiating if you're coordinating if you're communicating if you have to resolve conflict if you have to convince someone of anything that's all sales and which is everybody yes and and so i people really do business with people that they enjoy being right. around and if you are just going to be yourself, which right. shouldn't really include... Take, take it or leave it. That's yes. who I am. Yes, and you can still be who you are and have 
respect and 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 manners Absolutely. when you're around other and I people. Think some something. Um, you correct me if I'm wrong, but in my opinion, manners and good etiquette in a lot of ways are little sacrifices you make in yes. deference to the other person. Yes. And even if they, if I don't know etiquette and you use the right forks and you behave properly, I may not say, oh, Hillary checked off. She knows rule 10. But I do notice something different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so subconsciously, I would notice people who have good etiquette, good good manners, even if not consciously, and that all uh, loads in on the idea of being in sale. And it's not just to get the sale either. It's just because that's how I want to get along with yeah. the world, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to have to think about it. What fork do I use? Where which bread is right. mine? And I don't I don't want to think about that. I want to have a more natural experience. Yeah. With well, I can imagine some people listening say, "Well, I don't think about that," and I'm not. Worried. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's probably me. You have uh, a great, on your website, HillaryBlaney.com, right? Mm-hmm. Which will be in the show notes. Yep. But you have uh, some courses that you teach, and one of them I thought was just awesome. And it was, it's titled Outclass the Competition, right? Isn't that yes. the, that's the title. It's Managing Your uh, Image and Minding Your Manners, right? Can you talk a little bit about what might go into a course like that? What? I mean, outclass your competition. Boom. That should be the title of this episode. (laughs) Well, it would really be two things. One, which I divide this class up in more of a networking, how you handle yourself at events. Mm. Believe it or not, there's business card etiquette. It's not just about handshaking and where your name tag goes and eye contact and body language and posture. You know, your posture... is is your first line of communication and so in the pandemic when we're not shaking hands then what else can you do if you see someone you as you said smile with your eyes Uh, but you can you can do other things that such as body language that tells someone that you well that you trust yourself too well yes and so I, I spend half of the class on on first impressions, and so a first impression usually takes seven seconds. And what you do, meaning that's, that's all you've got. If in you that pass seven that, you seconds, blew it, right? Okay. Yes. So what you do in that seven seconds, and how you compose yourself, and where your name tag goes, and you walk in a room with with good posture, which is your first line of communication. And Ooh. first line of communication yes. is good posture. Yes, and how you shake hands, and a a true handshake is a three-second handshake. Well, let's go into. I want to. I want to keep going on this path, but I want to get a little bit more details. So, let's talk about. But we'll go to the handshake first. What is handshake etiquette? Well, you want the handshake is about respect and equality sorry to interrupt but you mentioned the handshake and the knife earlier Uh can you tell a little history of the handshake and 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 then how how it's done well the handshake really was to demonstrate that neither person was holding a weapon oh okay and if you would pull your your hand out to shake someone's hand it meant you didn't have a dagger up your sleeve so Interesting. So, uh, 
that's how it originated, but then what's the etiquette around it now today? Well, one thing I, I want to back up for one second okay, and give sure. you just a little bit of history, but women did not shake hands ah. for a long time okay. until we started in business, probably in the 60s. Seriously. Okay. And really? the real rule is a man should not put his hand out to shake a woman's hand until she does it first. Ooh, so the woman decides, yes. Okay. The woman decides. Mm. So don't put your hand out before the woman does. However, now that we are executive women working, right. we should know better because this is now more about being equal. Man, I... Yeah. Totally choke on that. I stick my hand out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I stuck my hand out to. Well, you. I don't know. Maybe we we're at the same time. Well, that and that's the whole goal hard, is hard that this is about equals. And right. when you do shake hands, that everyone's elbow comes out the same way. And mm. in my classes, I talk about the different kinds of handshakes. Hmm. And you know, men are used to shaking hands the same way to each other. But when you shake a woman's hand, you all seem to be more worried about your hands bigger. Are you crushing, you know, not making sure that you don't squeeze a hand. And then we wear rings and we wear bracelets and those things all get in the way. And so just how we do that connection together that feels as we're we're equals. And then even more uncomfortable is women shaking each other's hands. And oh. when you do that, and women hug more. Right. And, and so is hugging a part of etiquette? Well. There's a lot more hugging around nowadays than there used to be. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Right, and, and having started my lending career in the early 80s, yeah. women didn't own businesses at that time. I didn't bank women business owners. I've banked men for 40 years. And that relationship has evolved into, they're not going to shake my hand. They're going to side hug me when they see me. Because we've been through 40 years of business together. And, but if they were with me and my chairman of the board walked in, they'd probably shake my hand in front of him. Right. So it's all those judgments of yeah. when you should do certain things and when you could be more casual and when you need to be. But women don't really know how to shake each other's hands. <laughs> you know that? It's uh, really interesting. One thing among men, and it doesn't happen that often, but you get the wet fish. I've actually had a reset with guys where mm-hmm. You reach out and you're kind of grabbing the other guy's hands and you just get your fingers. Yes. Yep. And I go, time out. We're going to do that again. I'm not, I mean, I'll bring it up. We're not leaving at that. Get, you know. It's exactly what I do. Really? Which I could get away with it. You, you're, yeah. you're doing well, I mean, that. I'll, I'll, I I'll say it. Like be, I mean, it's, it becomes a joke, but I yeah. said, no, 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 yeah. no, no. One but, time I was riding in the car with about six women to a meeting. Yeah. And someone brought up a man's name and said, has anyone ever shaked this person's hand? And almost all the women in the car said, oh my gosh, yes, they do the fingertip handshake. So your handshake is really your trademark. It's kind of like a calling card. It tells everything about your personality. 
So if you're, it can show that you're condescending. Yeah, if you put in your a way, hand over. if you do the the fatherly handshake. Oh, to a woman, you mean? Yes. Okay. And or if you do the one where you glass. Um, two hands. Grasp over. Yes, two hands. Those are condescending, and so. That's why it needs to come directly. Yeah. And and I know men yep. have had other men shake their hands and push their hand down yep. or push it up. Yes, straight up. I've watched all this and and just how interesting it is to know what all that means. Yeah. So there's a funny video of uh, Trump meeting all these world leaders at the whatever summit, and he literally like when he he pulls people in like every time and they like fall over almost visibly <laughs> but then there's like one world leader i guess who saw everything happening and trump tries to pull him and he stays there and you just see them both kind of like Tug tugging back and forth. it's really funny. international conflict yeah he it, was also known is, for shaking and then grabbing the, the elbow, elbow yeah, too. yeah. so the, <clears throat> this is phrase this has a question but even if you're not aware of the rules you haven't read them and nobody's told them to you is still quite likely that you recognize. Oh, I sure. mean, that's one of the things. Sure. It correct. Oh, observation. I mean, sure. I don't know what creeped me out about that guy, but something did. And it might be mm-hmm. the way he shook your hand, and probably some other things to be fully creeped out. But um, so people are aware of it. That's one of the things when when I'm talking to my clients about you about etiquette because you etiquette's become a subject now because of you. It's that. People recognize it from for whatever reason. They recognize it when mm-hmm. somebody's well behaved, polite. If like I loved your thing about stands up, good posture. People recognize and respond to that, even if they reject the idea intellectually of of etiquette, which mm-hmm. I can imagine. They they still respond to it. So you're you're if our listeners take time to learn this sort of thing, you're giving yourself an advantage. Yeah. Even if it's a secret, I mean, you don't know why, it's it's an advantage anyway. It makes you the smart player. I definitely believe that. And if mm-hmm. you think about the last 43 years I've spent in my business, I've been through bank failures, yeah. mergers, acquisitions, and somehow I've always kept my job. And I think because... I knew how to behave. I have long-time customers, so that must mean that I'm doing something that makes them want to stay with me, right. and it's probably not just the interest rate, but having that relationship be so long-lasting. I really believe that this has helped my career more than anything. Mm. And you know, some of the things that companies started doing uh, a few years ago is they might say a law firm might have three candidates and they want it they've got to choose one and one person has you know an A in law school and one with a B and one with a C why would they pick the C they took all three of them to lunch and to dinner and maybe with their spouses and C may not have been as smart as A but they're in sales right and so I, I am convinced that this has 
really made a difference in my career. But I also grew up with a father in the military. Yeah, my dad's a retired general. Oh, wow. And my knife blade better have been <laughs> pointing the inside of my plate when I was really young. So besides growing up that way and then going into banking where we're expected to know how to do these things and do them, this was all just a natural hmm. progression for me. Tell us more about the knife blade because um, I've never heard this. Well, okay, the knife blade is the business side of your knife. And this is the eating knife. Yes. Right. Okay. So when yeah. you're eating, butter knife, any knife, any okay. knife is the uh, business side of your knife, and it should always be pointing inward. Okay. So when it's lying on the table, the yes. knife blade's the knife the plate. blade. So even when you sit down, it should it's be pointed in. Oh. And when you're using a knife and a fork, and you lay the knife down, the knife blade should be pointing in, and it goes back to medieval times when. Uh, men had big dinners and lots of eating and drinking and apparently if your knife blade was point pointed outward that was showing that you might possibly be sh um, giving dishonor to your fellow diners oh, okay. and and that you could pick up the knife and, and slash somebody slash. yes yeah interesting I learned that <clears throat> Whatever etiquette I have, I learned at the end of a wooden spoon. My my grandmother, I knew that about <laughs> knives, and I, to read, I was thinking, why do I know that? When elbows on the tables, bring your food to you. How you anyway? Mm -hmm. If I did it wrong, whack mm -hmm. <laughs> on the back of the head with a wooden yeah. spoon. I thought, well, that's not very consistent with the idea. But anyway, that's. Yeah. But I remember. Well, you know, and that's the thing is that we remember a lot of these things because we've made a mistake. And one of my favorite stories is a friend of mine was the CEO at a major health center here. And he grew up in Arkansas and a real small town and he'd gone to college and was in a fraternity and they had their formal dinner one night and someone said, pass the salt. And he just passed the salt. And the house mom said, don't you know salt and pepper are married and should not be separated and you have to pass them together even if someone asks just for the salt. Interesting. I had no idea. And you're a, kind of a heathen. I know. We're working look, on if it. If you just look Go at ahead, me, sorry, you know that already. That, that, believe it or not, that rule is really one of the favorite of men that they're, the salt and pepper are married. And he said, Hillary, you can tell this story to anybody you want. He said, because I was so embarrassed that now that I'm in my 60s, I still Remember. think about that. And so a lot of the things we learn is from mistake. But mm -hmm. when I was growing up, my dad would say, do you know why I'm walking on the outside of the sidewalk? Do you know why? And I and so that, that's what made blue? me learn. So that he's hit first if the car goes well, over what? Well, that even splash. predates that a little bit. They tied the horses to the hitching mm -hmm. post and they would bite. So you put the man uh, outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And if a car's you driving know, by and splashes, yeah. it splashes on yeah. him so instead of you. Two things. One, I think it's important. I think etiquette matters because it shows that you have empathy and that you're, mm -hmm. you have self-awareness, but you care about other people. Consideration. Uh, and that, that makes a big difference. But the, the question that I have is if I don't know the rules, if I don't know the etiquette, what is the proper etiquette? What do I do? If do I when I walk in, do I say, 
hey, I'm I'm new to golf. I've never played this before. Hey, this is my first formal meal. Question. Is it just to get it out there and let people know that this is not intentional? It's more so I'm I'm learning. Well, it depends, I think, on who your audience is with what right. you might want to announce because people may not know that you don't know mm. some of these things. And so you might not want to announce that you don't. Mm. But you can also look a, look at around at other people. You know, one of my favorite books Follow the lead. is Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> and Hillbilly Elegy. And this young man, it's it's probably one of the best books I've ever read, and it, it just came out a few years ago. Young man going to law school, paid his own way through everything, really mm -hmm. grew up in Appalachia and really um, problem family. And he gets invited to this dinner along with these other um, candidates. And he had to leave the room and call his girlfriend and say, I don't know the difference in red wine and white wine. What do I order? And where does my knife and fork go? Yeah. And he didn't announce to anybody he didn't know. He Figured made the it. lifeline call yeah. on that. Gotcha. But, you know, a lot of this, too, is... So in my business, I've thought about your client who, who's going to be listening yeah. about how we interact together because mm -hmm. I have been lending for home construction loans, for commercial commercial construction, and they're my contact also. Right. And so my customer is building a new home or my customer's building a shopping center and they have to deal with me and I have to deal with them. And just how how we communicate together. And you know, one of the things that I'm sure both of us feel is we have the client in the middle and we have to educate that client on what some of the terms mean that we both know they may not know they sure learn uh, the words cost overruns really fast and <laughs> so, so vote using your vocabulary can be a part of uh, etiquette oh sure oh, i that's think fantastic. i think it's so important that how we explain things because the builder and I know are the words we use all the time, mm -hmm. but a doctor building a house may not understand what a cost overrun is and a change yeah. order and, and those kinds of things. And so how we communicate is really important. And one of the things that I want to be sure I point out is one of my biggest pet peeves is the word super. Uh, we used to super is the new like <laughs> and if you start listening to I'm super excited I'm super tired I'm everything oh, okay. is super and I just I don't think that's very professional okay and What's a better word I wouldn't go say I'm super excited to have your business it's I'm awesome so I wouldn't say that in a in a business setting. And then the other thing that I'm hearing people communicate is they say, "Hey guys." Yeah, I do I'm that. not a guy, and I think people have gotten no, that's so a really casual. Good one. That's a really good one because uh, even in writing, I say he, she, 
or you know, I, I don't say they because that's plural. And anyway, it's a, it's awkward, you know, if, if I'm addressing a group to say, uh, I mean, to handle the gender difference mm-hmm. in pronouns. Yeah. But I've, I'm uh, I'm a super guy sometimes. Uh, I use so really awesome. and very and awesome and <laughs> wonderful. Really and yeah. very are fine. Really and very well, are fine. You know, it, that, that, and they're going to evolve. The yeah. point is they're hackneyed words that yeah. are kind of yes. take the place of uh, another one that is like that that was pointed out a long time ago. I thought that's right is, to be honest with you, Hillary, blah, blah, blah. So, oh, so now we're being honest? You know, yeah. uh-huh. What people, uh, is, in my opinion, I'm, I'm super excited to work for me, with you. What's wrong with, I'm excited to work with you. Let the power of the word that you spoke mean right. what it means. Yeah. Well, and it's just filler or cliches. Right. Filler, there you I go. When you the, hear the at the, the end of the day. Yeah. And, You're wasting everybody's time. And, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, I want to keep going through some of these events or uh, areas of etiquette and just some examples that you have or things that people don't know or whatever. We've talked about handshakes. We've talked a little bit about meals, but I know that there's a lot around meals that we haven't covered. What, what are some other meal etiquettes besides the knife facing inward rather than outward? Probably the biggest thing I see yeah. with men and women is using silverware to cut something. Okay. And our joke is sort of that men do a violin, let's say you're eating uh, okay, a steak, like and it, men yeah. do this violin cut but women do more of a a fan type thing where they don't hold their silverware properly and i was teaching a a class and it was uh, i think the boys and girls club Mm -hmm. and the young people were graduating from high school and so we had this formal dinner for them and i had to go around i realized no one knew how to use silverware and I had to go around and place the silverware properly in their hands and and show them how to cut. And I kept asking myself, what, why, why, why? They've been dipping chicken nuggets exactly. and right. eating a hamburger and, that's a, and eating pizza. Right. And so they so they, they gotten away from that. And and the thing that I found the most interesting during the the pandemic when none of us could go anywhere and we all had to cook dinner and our families had to eat together every night. That was the perfect opportunity for people to teach their kids how to set a table and go through the table manners. And I've had several people tell me that that their families chose to do that because people weren't eating together. So we don't, and we're eating on the run. So people really, families really didn't know, they didn't invest the time in this. Well, this was the perfect time to be able to, to do that because not everybody really knows how to use the yeah. the silverware because we're and in such a hurry. And it still matters. That, that's yeah. the thing I keep wanting to say. It, it still matters. I'm keenly aware of in England. Uh, we, we have any English? Yeah, we do. Sorry. But in English, <laughs> they do this stab and grab deal where the way we eat with a fork, which is hard to say on a podcast unless you watch it on YouTube. But English, I don't know if it's everybody in England, but what I observe of people I know they cut it and then they kind of hold it like a dagger and mm-hmm. forks upside down to jam it in there and mm-hmm. bring it like that. And uh, and that's the proper etiquette? That's what they do. I don't know. Oh, wow. it, to me, it's, I mean, I don't know what Prince Charles does because I've never seen him eat, but 
Um, but I, I noticed that. Sure. And I can just hear people saying again, oh, come on, man. You know, doesn't matter. This doesn't really matter. If I do good work and I get done on time, that matters more than this. And perhaps. Sure. But when you're a competitive deal and yeah. you're refined, one, one thing that, and I think it's still, I could not stop. I couldn't stop it now. But when somebody comes to the table, I stand up. Oh. And it used to be just for ladies or people in superior positions or whatever. But it's just like, stand up, you know? Yeah. And you smile at them and shake your hand right over everybody's food, which you're probably not supposed to do. But <laughs> anyway, stand up. But no, that, I couldn't that's wonderful. Do that. I don't because, have to think about it. It just well, happens. Well, because the rule really should be, was, and should still be that if, even if a woman comes to the table or leaves the table and comes back we call it the dip okay and at one of the banks i used to work for all the the men this was our our big joke is they said we know exactly how to do the dip so you don't have to completely stand all the way up okay. but okay. you at least you acknowledge it by so it by somewhat the, standing up use the handles of your chair almost and yes. kind of lift, lift up just a little way. bit and then yes. come back down okay. yes yeah and it's so it's such an easy thing to do and I think it sets you apart because I don't see people doing that. Yeah. No. And you all said something earlier about um, whether or not holding doors for people. I really like that when a man holds a door for me or opens a car door. I like it. Isn't there some etiquette around that in business that I've heard that you're not supposed to always hold the door for women or is that wrong? What What's oh, the I think you just have to take your cues. There. Yeah. I think there are women that think that they should push through the door yeah, and they can open their own door and all that. Of, it's you know just a real independent feeling, but I still like that. Yeah, I open the door for guys too. Yeah, I, there I was there was a book the, in the in the eighties, maybe early nineties, called "Dress for Success," which you mm -hmm. probably are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew about it, but uh, the man who nobody wears suits anymore. But the man who wrote that book was saying was testing scientifically. Uh, colors and cuts and haircuts and things like that and one of the I remember one of the experiments he did was in a hotel lobby in New York City he had his test subject time arrival at the door with other people and counted how many stood back to let them through and how many pushed through ahead, pushed through mm -hmm. ahead of them and great and it was one of his that's the only one I really remember but it was one of the major data points empirical testing Really? And uh, I guess that really doesn't have to do with who opens the door, but um, if, if that protocol of who opens the door or who doesn't open the door is noticed. Yeah. It's just I, all it's courtesy. Noticed. Well, yeah. and, but I think there's some, I think just speaking from my generation, some of the, the um, blurry lines with this are maybe like I'm married, for example. And if I've got, let's say I've got an employee that we are going out to a business meeting and I open the car door for them, although that is respectful, I don't want to blur the lines of like, because in our generation, that's not how it works. Most people don't open the door for the other, the opposite sex. And if I start doing that, am I giving off different vibes, different intentions by being that courteous? Oh, wow, he's getting the door for me. Like but, what is he? Ooh, that's good. I don't know. That's just how I, I know no, it may I seem see crazy. Exactly your point. On I think that. it may yeah. seem crazy to some people, but I just see that from our generation is like, man, 
maybe this girl hasn't had the door open for her since her dad was taking her to school or something like that, you know? And so that's, a, that's where the lines get blurred for our generation, I think. Um, I don't think you can really do anything wrong okay. like that. And, and especially if someone I mean, being knows your, your intentions. And so, yeah. I, in fact, this happened to me the other day. I was getting in my boss's car to go somewhere. I'd never been in his car before. Mm-hmm. And when we walked up to the car, his door was first. I mean, my door was first. And so he just walked over and, and did that. And right. Good. And I, but I, mean, I didn't I wait in that. the car when we arrived. I didn't for, wait didn't in the wait car for him, for him to, to come door. around and open it. Yeah. But a lot it of was signals just, going on there. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's good. It's just, it's, it's something that's on my mind whenever that's going on. And one, <laughs> kind of bringing this, um, one, I've got a question about spacing. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. we got the six foot deal, so that's yes. fine. But are there rules? I mean, I know there are. I don't know if they're considered part of etiquette of how close you are talking to people and you're you're giving us a knowing nod like absolutely there are those rules there's a really good book called presence Hmm. and it talks a lot about body language and and all that and and so i think it's 58 percent of your physical body language is telling someone something yeah absolutely more than your your words and your tone and it's really uncomfortable when people get in your space in your your space right but there are people that do it and well if you're uh, that's one thing people kind of need to be aware of most people know it I think intuitively or for whatever reason but when somebody doesn't it's obvious. It's, it's real like, hey, you know, this is weird. very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is weird, guys. Yeah. And, and going back to hugging, uh, especially when I've known maybe women clients or, or whatever, I just have to tell you, I am really self-conscious hugging a woman. Well, that may it be just weird, really depends on how well you Yeah, I think it's the well, I mean, That's true, but eh, I, I'm... And I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. I don't know why. Yeah. But it's kind of like, oh, am I? Well, I there's a difference in a side hug right. and a, you know, full yeah. front hug. Yeah. yeah. That's really different. Absolutely. So I want to, we talked a little bit about meals, but I think there's some other things that happen. I'm trying to think of what does a contractor actually go through where there is etiquette that they may miss out on. And so... I think there are sometimes meals, probably less frequently than coffee or drinks or something like that. And there's obviously etiquette around maybe how you drink and you know the timing of all that stuff. We can talk about that. But even more so, what's the etiquette around me buying your meal, buying your coffee, you know, those, those situations? Well, if the, if the person that invites is the person that expects to pay. Okay. And this all happened, I'll never forget this, in the 80s on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, it was, you can't buy your banker's lunch. And mm. so for years, because that was considered Some maybe a bribe or, right. or something. So wow. I have always been the one that pays. Now, because I bank almost all men, still... That's yeah, a little bit awkward, isn't it? It They know. And they've gotten used to the fact that 
I pay, but they will always offer and say, let me get this. No, I invited you. This is what the bank expects me to do. And, and this is uh, what. So is that the proper etiquette to, you have to offer? Um, if you didn't, if you hadn't spent 40 years eating with me and me paying for it, then, yeah. you know, <laughs> you would, you probably could stop offering by now. But I think until you really know how mm-hmm. that works and 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 I think you know I've invited you and all that. So maybe yeah. the first or second time you do that. Yeah. But otherwise Is there a wrong time to pay for the meal? Cuz I've been in situations where I'm like you can't pay for that. Like I literally I'm the one invited you or like you know this is me serving you in a way. I think not fighting about it is is, key. is probably yeah. important. And when someone says they want to do it and I just think you you let them. And one of the things you ask about if what contractors might be doing with maybe going for coffee or right. or for a drink. So let's say they're meeting with a potential client. You know, obviously the first impression part is important of yeah. posture and handshake and and Standing what you've got on and and yeah. clean clothes and we we all know that. But well, Clean Maybe clothes. we don't all know that. <laughs> well, if you're meeting for the first time to try to win someone's business, I'd well, watch well. I mean, we want to make that as part of the list. I have have a client sitting in the chair you're sitting in last night at 6 o'clock telling me about a potential prospective hire came to the meeting. This would be uh, billing in a billing situation. That's what the hire was for. We're in an old T-shirt. Uh, worn out tennis shoes and old jeans and I know that old jeans sometimes are very expensive jeans mm-hmm. <laughs> but a dirty t-shirt and he just said I mean she never had a chance yeah I mean as soon as I saw her it's over with yeah, yeah. judgment's that poor oh, well, we so we say everybody knows that but we want to make sure that they do well right? you're judged 11 times in five Ooh. first five minutes oh I believe it and so so much of our business has to be done around a meal table, whether it is just getting coffee yeah. or going for a drink. And most of mine is, is around lunch or dinner. And so just how how you present yourself is, is important, mm-hmm. definitely in that first impression, because you may not get a second chance. And if 67% of the time, the first impression that you give is right, then what happens if if you're in the the 30% that they were wrong about you yeah. and you didn't get to go the second time? And you know, one of the things that was said to me at the office the other day is one of our real estate lenders is has mostly home builders. And he said, no one, none of the home builders are building customs right now they only want to build spec houses because they just are tired of dealing with people (laughs) and i'd be interested to know if that in with your client base if that's really the truth or not because that's so much of what they have to do is is deal with people and well and that's where the you can get really good margins too is what i mean if if you're you're really asking that as a question i i do see people uh, because issues come up usually yeah, absolutely. Uh, and people do get really tired of dealing with people mm-hmm. and 
there's no doubt about that. Now, for custom homes, I don't know any builders who wouldn't rather build one that was pre-sold and prepaid. I know. So, but I was you got to be really tired of people not to do that. Well, yeah, because but, the market's changed so much right, you know, right. right now. Anyway, but but back to you may have as a builder, you may have to go meet if it's a doctor building a house. You may have to go to their house that night and meet with them right. and walk around the house or their current home or meet with them at a restaurant. And I have seen a, a builder that was in my neighborhood. He's now since moved, but he, I don't know how many homes that he remodeled and made a lot of money. And I would see him at dinner with the people that he had totally remodeled their home hundreds of thousands of dollars and so he was socially interacting with his clients also that i believe came became friends and that's really what i've done in my career too is my clients have become my friends or they were my friends already and now they're your clients they're my clients and so they come to my house for dinner i go to their house for dinner Mm -hmm. i love your point uh because i'm thinking before we even started, how, how does etiquette directly apply and is useful for contractors? And you really put it to bed and said it well when you said much of your business takes place around the table. It does. It does. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I also think of people going to someone's house and knocking on the door, you know, so there, I'm sure there's some etiquette involved in that and stand back and the shaking hands comes in. But that idea that much of it does take place around the table mm-hmm. yeah uh, is is really key well it's social it's comfortable mm-hmm. it's fun right. you get it's more casual you get to know the person yeah. a lot better and but you also don't want to offend that person and yeah. when we were talking about my lunch yesterday with a client and a co-worker and I watched the co-worker eat like he maybe hadn't had anything to eat for a week (laughs) and at the very end when his plate is completely clean he looks up and says oh I should have paced myself better and so he looked like to the three of us that he was only there because he was starving Right, right right and then that made things kind of uncomfortable because the three of us the clients and I were still eating and he then he he just ate and then said okay now I'm going to talk to everyone right yeah and so so much of this is a a social interaction that you have to learn to eat and talk and yeah you know you said earlier it stuck out at me you said people are judging all the time and nowadays we're not supposed to judge mm-hmm. I mean never were from a Christian standpoint but the fact is we're judging oh. all mm-hmm. all the time. Well, and it's, it's part of human nature. I mean, it's there to protect us. We're judging if we can trust someone, if this right. is a safe environment. Right. Those types of things. Right. Because really, again, so much of this is goes back to the, the rituals that we have now that are ancient all yeah. go back to trust. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The handshake, the knife blade. Well, and I want to I talk about trust a little bit because I know that a lot of contractors... Um, they're working with their employees or subs that are a different uh, race or culture than they are. Uh, mainly Hispanic. The Hispanic community is very involved in construction. And I know a lot of our contractors work with that population. 
and I want to talk about etiquette that goes internationally because you did that international certification. Um, I know that there's a lot more than just the Hispanic community that is involved with uh, etiquette. It goes internationally. I have some background internationally as well, and I'm, I'll share some examples. But what's important when you're going beyond, above, like beyond borders uh, with etiquette? How does international How do you know etiquette do, change yeah. everything? It's almost like every country's different. In some places you shake hands, in some places you don't touch the queen. You bow, you bow. And I think I saw uh, Jill Biden get off the airplane um, on the news this morning and going to uh, Tokyo. Mm. What do you do there? They were not shaking hands, that's They're a bow. And so, you, you need to understand how the other culture works, and especially in meetings. And uh, in, say, in China, if you've given a business card to someone, uh, or someone's given you a business card, you need to acknowledge it, and you cannot put it in your billfold, immediately put it in your billfold and put your billfold in your your pocket, or you won't get their business. That says something to them that that they're not, You're not interested. In, yes. And and then some meetings where you sit and mm-hmm. where you place people and some places have a business card on the table in order of where everyone is and some don't want that at all. And it's so it's really a different culture yeah everywhere. And we had a an event here and I think we maybe had it two or three times, but it was an international event. We had it downtown, and we had people from all different countries. And yeah. so I had to study each country that was participating and then train the volunteers for each one of those countries on what, what you their protocol you, uh, was. You said you studied it. How do you, how do, you do that? Well, I mean, I guess there's Google a really cultural... big book <laughs> that yeah. says how to... I think it's uh, shake, bow, and kiss or something. It, but right. it's, yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. I'm thinking specifically of the Hispanic community. I, I play in a um, soccer league. It's called Mexican League, but it's because it's modeled after the actual league there. So if it were modeled after the basketball team, there would be the Spurs and the Thunder. And so I play on Tigres. And uh, something that sticks out to me, this happens in Morocco too. If you go to practice, you go to the game, if you're the first one there, you don't really shake anybody's hand because you're the first one there. The next person shakes that person's hand. The next person that shows up shakes the two. When you're the fifteenth person, you go and you shake everybody's shake it hand. It's just it's part That's of what how it they is. make you show up on time. Exactly. <laughs> you won't be the last guy. But the other thing is, if you actually go and shake someone's hand, and it's just a normal handshake, they're going to look at you funny. But what they want to do is they want to do a little slap and then a pound uh-huh. every single time. Um, and that's just how it is. And even with the other team, when you shake hands at the end of the game, that's what you do. And I'm just thinking of like, if a contractor, I'm sure some contractors probably know that, but if a contractor knew that and they showed up on the site, how much more rapport they would have and a relationship they'd have with the crew if they went to every single crew member and they didn't mm-hmm. shake their hand, but they did the pound thing. Right. They would just have so much more respect for, right. from those guys right and I think that's some of the stuff that goes a long way it's it doesn't have to be in the formal setting is it? and I think that's the part of etiquette that we get wrong is we think of etiquette as just at the table or at these fancy de- meals or whatever it is but it's 
it's the little things too. Um, some some things in Morocco. So my family's from Morocco, and some things that you notice there uh, that I think are unique to probably that part of the world are when you eat meals, you actually your main utensil is either your hands or bread. You're not used. I mean, the only utensils that you'll use are if you're eating spaghetti, um, which is usually chopped up and you eat with a spoon, uh, or like soup. Other than that, it's your hands. And you actually also eat from the same dish as everybody at the table, mm-hmm. which is a big difference. Um, now, if you're you know, a foreigner, they may give you your own plate and some utensils because they know you're going to struggle. But it's, it's really interesting. There'll be a circular dish, and you're almost always sitting at a circular table. There's not many tables there that are going to be rectangular or square. And um, seating is very important in a room as well. The head of the house... Uh, is going to sit at the the short end of like a rectangular room at the very end and then on the sides will be everybody else and on the right hand side will be the next um, member of the household like the first son for example mm-hmm. would be on the right hand side who's yes. inherit. Where exactly. do you sit? as the guest you sit d- either directly across or to the left of the host and so usually they will have you directly if, they, if you're a very respected guest immediately on the left no i mean when you go home and see your dad where do you sit? oh well my dad's not about etiquette that much but uh if my <laughs> well, grandfather well maybe he my is grandfather, you're just not aware my grandfather was very big on this and so if i was a, a get if i was you know the first one in town and it's a smaller gathering of like four people i'm going to sit on his left or sometimes you may even have me sit on his right if depending on who's in the room um but a lot of times if it's a bigger gathering and I'm younger. No, I'm, I'm sitting. You go in across. the kitchen at the kids' table. That that's actually that's, a that's thing. our protocol. No, it, Thanksgiving. No, that's a big thing too. But what what's interesting is you have this circular dish in the middle, and uh, let's just say it's couscous, which is a grain that you're going to eat with your hands. Um, you have these imaginary lines, almost like pizza pizza slices. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's four people, it's going to be four quadrants, and that quadrant is mine. I don't reach into another quadrant. Oh, I like that piece yeah. of meat or that vegetable in that other quadrant. No, I stay in my quadrant. Um, if it's eight people at a table, you've got a you know an eighth is your slice, and it's just an imaginary rule. But what ends up happening is, if you're the guest, there's a there's a good story about my mom actually. The first time she went and visited my uh, father's family in Morocco, my grandfather could see that she wanted a piece of meat that was on the other side, and as the head of the household, he rotated the entire dish so that in front of to put it in front mm-hmm. of her. In the middle of the meal, stopped everybody from eating. Didn't say a word, but just moved the dish so that she could have that piece of meat that was on that side of the table or of the dish. And so those are just some interesting things that are there. Another thing, um, you know, with bread, bread is a huge part of the culture there. And when you eat other meals, it's you're dipping bread and tearing meat off and grabbing it with the bread uh, with your hands. And you don't want to eat your bread too fast. It's not about how fast you eat the actual portion that's in front of you, but it's about how you're tearing your bread. And you always want to make sure that everybody has a piece of bread before you go on to your next mm-hmm. uh, right. piece of bread that you grab. So that, that's interesting. With soup, they act, it's actually encouraged to slurp. It means that you actually like it, that it's good. And so whenever your people are eating soup, which is a big thing in the winter there, you're going to see a lot of, you're going to hear a lot of 
just <laughs> constantly. Uh, and I think that's even an Asian cult. I could be wrong on this, but that wouldn't have every worked time my grandmother's, that would be spoon worthy. <laughs> oh back. yeah, no, absolutely. It's the, all it's all so interesting. The last night of my international protocol school, we went to a Moroccan restaurant oh, in okay. Washington. Excellent. So we had to do exactly what, okay. what you're talking about. And I'm glad you brought up bread because this this disappoints men more than women because we all try to not eat bread, <laughs> eat carbs. But so, and this is this goes back to medieval times too. So they had the table set up so that maybe the most important people were up here and then, you know, on the next level, the next yeah. group. And, and so it descended this way. Well, they didn't have a roll. They had huge loaves yep. of bread. Uh-huh. And it started at the top, and you tore off Twelve a piece, piece and put it on your plate. Yep. And it went all the way down. Yep. Well, how you remember this rule is you tear off a piece of your bread, mm-hmm. butter it, put it in your mouth. You don't bite into it. And you've heard we break bread. But how you also remember is you think about the loaf going from table down to the next table. So that table. means you don't take too much. You, if you wouldn't know. have bit into it right. to get yours. You would tear it off. So that's how you remember. So when you have those beautiful cloverleaf rolls that split into three, you don't open it all up and butter it and, then bite and it. take bites and put back on the plate. Gotcha. Well, Interesting. Yeah, I, di- I didn't know that. I probably was the guy. And we don't slurp soup, but we yeah. do. We do have the little boat that goes out to sea and then comes back to me, and right. that you don't tip everything toward you in case you would mm. you would spill it. But but it is so interesting to learn about all the other cultures and yeah. what you would take as a gift to someone's house yeah. and in what color paper it should be wrapped and. Whether or not you're you sitting, you got to worry about what color. Oh yes, and whether you're they sitting in a so meeting and showing the bottom of your shoe, mm. and so and I'm and one thing too, you you also said that was important that I like for men to know, is so the seat of honor is to your right. Yeah. And Laura Bush was here for uh, a civic event, and they called me and said, "Would you design the table?" And oh, wow. and put all the plate name tags and you know who sits where and so I had to have the host here that were looking at the at the podium and then she was to the seat of honor um, yeah. to the right and how this works and you should always enter your chair on the right so let's say you're at um, a dinner yeah. and with your wife or spouse or and uh, you want to do this the right way is your chair's pulled out you're standing here you pull your spouse's chair out she enters from the right you push it in and then you simply just get in on the right gotcha. so when you think you're at a big event and people don't know that what if this person's trying to get right. in on the no, left no, and this one and no. you're bumping into each other and so mm. there's sort of an order yeah. of how that goes so the seat of honor should always be Either. to the right. I know there's, uh, from my grandmother again, probably won't come up much in contractor, but putting poor, taking sir. I think uh, putting poor from the right side, so you're, and like you're placing the meal and filling a glass, I guess, 
and take and anyway I don't remember because I don't do that much in. but it they comes come in, in from on right, your it goes left out on the and left. it's taken from your right. Right. right one of the things that that I say in my class is right is right there are only two things that happen on the left mm. Ooh, what are they? so if you ever have to ask yes, right. yourself what that is so think about your name tags on the right Okay. Okay. You shake with your right hand. You enter from the right. And what one thing that happens on the left is that's where a pocket square would go. That's where um, a, my bank pin would go. Any kind of decorative item is on the left. Goes over here. So think about military. Uh, All of their right. pins and everything go on the left. Over here. So the only other thing that happens to the left is if you're at a table and say the bread is in front of you, you take it and you offer to the left, you hold it, you offer to the left, that person takes one if they want it, then you can have one, then it goes to the, right. To the right. Those are the only two things that happen on the left. Hmm. So you can always say to yourself... So that's a kind of like a fake. You fake left and then go right. Yes. Definitely, uh, definitely. But no, even when you start a meal, you look to the right, and it is a map. The how the silverware is set up is a map, and it will tell you if I look to the right, I know what, how I'm supposed to start my meal. So from the outside in, using utensils, yes, and a little fork, a little fork. Yes, uh, and I love the the BMW um, way that we say. Here's my bread, here's my meal, here's my water. So when you sit down uh, left in right, a vet and someone grabs your bread because they don't they yeah. don't really know or drinks your water, um, if you're at a, a small table, which happened to me yesterday, bread was here, water two waters were here, and it got confused with... Yeah, so yours is on the right. Ev everything happens on the right except decorative things here, in the, and you offer food to the left, the and then... You can take it and pass it to the right. You know, we've talked about a lot of really interesting things. If and maybe people are going, "Wow, you know, I didn't write all this down." If are there four? I mean, you said earlier if you knew ten things, you could really. I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot to name ten things, but are there five, some number of things that we can leave people with? Uh, listen, all this we talked about, but. Be aware of this, 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 and this, so mm -hmm. they can kind of checklist to get started. Well, I'd say the most important things that if you would just do these few things, you could virtually get away with anything. And it's definitely know how to shake hands mm. and have eye contact. Yeah. I was at a funeral this week, and, and the, the grandson was talking about the grandfather that had just died. And he said he taught us all how to shake hands and look someone in the eye. That's so Sweet. important. Yeah. So I think if you really know how to shake hands and, and you've got the good posture and, and the eye contact, that's important. I think you should probably know how to introduce someone and that's where protocol comes in and it's the higher ranking person's name is said first. So in my company, my CEO is the highest ranking person I'm introducing to my assistant. But if I have a client there, my client is higher ranking over my CEO. Okay. So I think you need to know how to introduce people. Mm. Um, then when I think you should really know that your name tag goes on the right. <laughs> mm. 
And it does because you shake hands with the right and people can see okay. your, that here. Because I see that wow. so often on, on the wrong side. And then you enter your chair from the right. I think, Martin, you said about taking the food to you and right. and how you have posture when, when you're eating, I think is really important. There are a couple of napkin rules that are important and you really want to open your napkin and use the inside of it and then close it back up. Well, Especially if you're eating barbecue and ketchup and all that, <laughs> which I like. And you don't want to see that. Yeah. But I think you need to know how to cut meat. It's really important. You're using your index fingers. Mm-hmm. You lay the knife down with the blade inside. Blade, the blade pointed in, whether that's a bread plate or your your dinner plate. And and then really pace yourself when you're with other people. And then when you're finished, put your silverware at four o'clock on your plate. Together. And I think yes. And I, if you, I just so think if you knew those things, nobody would know. Introducing somebody and then really table manners because so much business takes place around mm-hmm. table manners. So, yeah. yeah, and you know the also the pandemic had we had to look for new ways to mm. connect with clients, customers, and I found ways to. Um, I wrote notes, handwritten notes. That is so important. A handwritten thank you note means anything. And if yeah. I had just built someone's home, I would do that. Yeah. And because obviously we all want referrals. We want someone mm-hmm. to say, oh, who built your house? It's beautiful and yeah. you should use him. And so I think connect, finding ways to connect like that are really important and that means a lot to, to people that that you've gone sort of an extra mile to tell them thank you or, or how important uh, yeah. they they are to you or how much you enjoyed helping them. You know, I see realtors take a bottle of champagne or, or something to a closing and to thank people. You know, builders yeah. could, could do that too or yeah. a dinner gift certificate or something. But Yeah, those are all great. Well, I think that if anything, there's, there's a lot of practical things that we've talked about that contractors can take, but if anything they can take away from this, I think it's that they should be intentional with how they act around employees, around clients, uh, around other subs or contractors that they are around, and just be very self-aware and have a consideration for them mm-hmm. in, the, in the big things and the little things. So um, I really like this. I think etiquette's important. Yeah. Obviously, you can tell by the way I'm dressed that... I believe etiquette's important. Um, no, so uh, yeah, how can people connect with you, Hillary? Well, I have a website, hillaryblaney.com. And hey, will you spell it? Because I was going to say, I, I have a no. weird spelling, H I L A R I E, and then B L A N E Y. We'll have that in the show notes. No I, no I is, is in there. But I have a website and email and I'd love people to ask questions and ask for advice. And there were a couple of courses on there. There were more than that, but outclass the competition, managing your uh, image and minding your manners. And then you have hand, handshake boot camp. And then there was one in there that was international, which I dismissed right away, but I thought, why did I do that? 
you know. Yeah. We, I have Canadian clients. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So anyway, and I think maybe you have some others on there. I don't, I'm not sure if that was it or. Really, what I do is those were just guidelines from okay. the Protocol School of Washington, and okay. but what I do is. And I don't really advertise. Everything I do is someone says we need etiquette class, and they Google or they say, yeah. "Well, we all know Hillary." Yeah. You know, with that no. name, there aren't many Hillarys. So, um, I just sit down with the customer and talk about what it what is that they want yeah. and and what they need and and all that. And so I've done everything from I don't know Chesapeake executives to speak energy some yes. out of state listeners here and I, I had a nonprofit called new view and everyone that worked there was blind oh. and I had to do a class for them and so wow. I don't have yeah. any just cookie cutter classes at all everything gotcha. I do is tailored to who it is and and what do you think they need and and how does this fit with what they do Excellent. But the handshake boot camp is really, <laughs> it, it doesn't take long, obviously. But I have named all these different types of handshakes that, for some reason, all start with an F. And you said fish. Yeah. And I said fingertip. And yeah. so I've made made a list of all the different kinds that I've gotten from people or that people have told me about. I feel like the kids that I coach uh, that are in high school probably need your handshake, handshake boot camp more than anyone because it's all over the place well you know um when when men were growing up your dad would pull you aside and say son i'm going to teach you how to shake a man's hand not very many people said and you're going to have to work with a woman someday and you need to know how to shake a woman's hand because it is a little different yeah and so we just didn't really teach that so it is such an awkward event with all of us, and again, especially you know, women to women, we don't know if we should do it or not. Yeah, yeah you could have a whole etiquette course on for men on what's appropriate with women. Yeah, just that I'm bursting with respect for women. I got no, I harbor nothing, but how is what I'm doing interpreted? And like you said, guys, I I call women guys a lot, so I just stopped <laughs> today. My intent on that is to be inclusive without using that. Well, anyway, so I just stopped today. There you go. There you go. Well, Hillary, maybe I'll probably thank you on. so much for being on. And, <laughs> thank you all. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely link out to you and hopefully people will get in touch. But um, thanks for sharing so much about etiquette yeah. and why thank it matters. You. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.